for a lot of years, there's been a subtle shift. I was talking to Kevin Williams the other day, and Kevin said, you know, Rick, I've noticed a shift in your leadership over the years that I was there. And Kevin was here when we first started leadership in Northern Kentucky um, 11 years ago and was with us for many years after that. And he said the shift was this, that early on you would do a lot of leaderships or half the leaderships you might do were about um, the tool and the practicality and the, str the strategic parts of the tool of young life and what we were doing. So what he meant by that was I might do a lesson on what is campaigners and how do we get students to be there. And then the next week I might do a lesson on the fruits of the Spirit and how can we love Jesus more. And then the next week I might do a lesson on contact work. And he said over the years you really progressed away from doing much teaching on the parts and the pieces of the Young Life tool and why they're there and how to do them well. And I confess that I have done that a lot. I don't know, good or bad, whatever the reason is, um, I certainly like to talk about Jesus more than I like to talk about the tools of young life. But the consequence of that has been now that I've been having lots of discussions with folks about club, which is what we're going to talk about tonight, or other things, and find that there is a lot of missing principles and understanding to what we are doing with the tools that we have. Because these tools are, in many ways, just things that you're replicating, that you've seen. And if no one's taught you why something is done, then when you modify it or change it or make a decision, you're not making it based on a biblical principle or a principle of the tool. You're making it based on, well, I don't know, that's what my leader did. Does that make sense? So, tonight we're going to talk about club. I've been very convicted about um, club lately. Um, reading, finished the book on the early church, so you guys will be happy. I'll be stopped referencing that now soon because um, I did finish the book on the early church. But man, it's very much reminded me of club. I mean, I'll have to tell you why in a little bit, but I just saw glimpses of it and a lot of stuff that came out of the early church. And I'm, we're not going to go a lot into scripture or anything today. We're not going to go into all that kind of stuff. But this really got my mind rolling with stuff. And, uh, so, club. And a lot of you guys, I don't know where you guys have been, but, you know, maybe five, six years ago, I was, like, really trying to figure out club, like, man, is this really working? You know, like, you'd have a club, and it's like, the songs, just sometimes they don't go, how many guys ever had songs that just were like, oh my gosh, this is horrible, this is like... You know, we, we played the songs, and it's like, this is a nightmare kind of thing, okay? And then you do a skit, and, like, nobody knew what happened, and it was, like, not funny at all. And you're like, okay, okay, so just go sit down. I, you know, you're like, I don't even know what happened there, you know? Okay? So, in a lot of senses... I, we, here's the thing. We have no sacred cows in young life. And a sacred cow is this. We don't, or at least we don't in this area. We don't do something because that's what they've always done. Does that make sense? I don't do anything that way. I don't care what tool it is, what piece of the puzzle we're putting together for our ministry and our strategy, but we're not going to do something around here just because that's what they've always done. And so, we need to be thinking, well, why are we doing this? And is this the best way? And I had a lot of questions about club. Is this really the best way to do what we want to do? You know, because you're just like, you think 
man, these kids are not wanting to sing songs. You know what I mean? Like, what is going on with this? Or whatever it is. Well, I have come in my prayer and thoughts on that recently. I have come full circle on that. Um, I, without a doubt, am very excited about club and what it is and how it works and how it fits perfectly with what God has called us to do in our mission. Like, I feel really, really good about it. And so, I want to tell you guys a couple things. I got, what is that, seven points, okay, that I think are very important. I really want you guys to catch these things. Now, for many of you, this might be completely new about what club is. And I hope this blasts some stereotypes that you have about what you think you're doing once a week with students. Okay? And I'm going to weigh in heavily on what I really think we should be doing with students. The first is this. Club is social, not events. Okay, and I'll explain what that means. Club is a social thing, not an event thing. Young Life is a social community relationship ministry, not an event ministry. Okay? And I think we are falling into the trap of making club an event and no longer a social thing. This is really at the core of a lot of what is going on and a lot of misconceptions. When I was in high school and early college, club was much different than what it is now. I mean, you guys, as a young leader running a club, I would, an hour before club, show up at my area director's house, okay, and he had a box of transparencies and a projector. And I'd grab the overhead projector, I'd pull out nine songs out of the box, okay? Six fast, medium songs and three slow songs. Pull them out of the box, and they were always songs that I knew well, because they were all like 60s songs. Like, they're easy, they're the same chords, you know? Like, if you play Bob Rance, the same chords as Johnny Be Good, the same chords as, I mean, you guys who play guitar know what I'm talking about. It's like, so it's not like I needed to practice the songs or anything like that, because they were all the same. And so I pull the songs out, I show up at the house, okay? I set up the projector, students start coming, Okay? They just come in. There's no, we don't make them wait outside. They just, just are hanging out. We're all just milling around. 60 or so students show up in this basement. And at some point, around 8 o'clock, I just throw up the overhead and I just start playing the first song. All right, here we go. Okay? And students just kind of slowly migrate their attention to the front. Okay? And start singing along with the song. Okay? And then we keep moving. Six straight songs. No interrupters, no skits, no mixers. There's six straight songs. We just played songs. And people had fun. And somewhere about halfway through, we probably had them sit down, you know, because we were slowing the songs down. And there was a strategy behind that, which I'll get to. So, you know, medium songs as we're getting closer. Then a skit. And the skit was, I, would, I was there, and I would stand up, and whatever was, you know, happened, I would just say, okay, we're going to have a, Competition. It's the seniors and the juniors against the freshmen and sophomores, upperclassmen against underclassmen. Here are the students, and then call them up. You do some competition between the two, and you're guys. You know, the, uh, you get the upperclassmen rooting for them, the underclassmen, rooting, and then they go sit down. Three songs, right away, slower songs, and then a talk. And then we'd all just, hey, all right, we'll see you at McDonald's, and we get up. No music, no. There's no iPods back then, you know what I mean? There's no, nothing like that. 
Okay? And everybody just get up, talk, hang out some more, and people start moseying on out, moving over to McDonald's, where the social atmosphere would continue. Now, I grew up in club like that. None of you grew up in club like that. Did you? Right? Everyone's from Northern Tech, right? So nobody here grew up in club like that. That kind of club created in me a real deep understanding of the fact that this is a social thing for the students and not an event thing. And what I mean by that is they come every week. Number two, why they come? They come every week because of the relationships they have with the people who are there. Why? It's not like, you know, 15 years ago, kids were not wanting to be entertained. We had Saturday Night Live 15 years ago, too. Right? And it was better than it is now, probably. Okay? So we had Saturday Night Live then. We wanted to be entertained. Students then wanted to be entertained. But you know why they came to our clubs? Because of friends. Because of their social networks. They didn't come because it was a big event. It's not the program that draws students in. A good example is this. When I was at Connor and we'd run these clubs, okay, or we'd run club, and everyone here can, should be able to attest to this. If you have club and program is horrible, like just the worst program you've ever had, right? And you're just like, oh, the characters were stupid, no one even laughed, you know, the, the skit totally bombed, you know, the, the songs nobody sang, it was just this, you come away and you're just like, oh, that just club just felt horrible, right? Transitions were bad, you, somebody got, you know, the overhead broke at one point, or the, not the overhead anymore, but the projector broke, and you just think, you know what happens the next week? Kids still show up, don't they? I have had clubs, some of the worst clubs we've ever had at Connor, the following week had more students. What, why? Now, on the flip side of that, some of the very best clubs programmatically that we've ever had. Songs were great, skits were hilarious, kids are dying, they're coming up to you afterwards like, that was so funny, I just, I'm laughing so hard, and they just think, you know, and the talk was so awesome, it was just like this great programmatic thing. I've had less kids come the next week. Haven't you? Well, why is that? Well, the reason is obvious. This, the reason students come is not because of the event that we're putting on. They come because of the social networks, the social world. They're friends. It's a social thing. Okay? Social is like a party. It's like getting together at somebody's house. It's a social thing. The uh, urban work is, I think, a good example of that. Kevin was talking about this week. He said, here we have drug dealers in Covington. And Kevin runs a Bible study once a week. And 40 or 50 kids are showing up at his house. Not church kids. Not Why are they showing up? <clears throat> because Bible study is so exciting for them? Is that why they're showing up? No, they're showing up because... Of relationships. It's social. Okay? This is very important that you get this through your head. Club is social. It is not an event. If you start doing events and you're trying to draw people by making it an event, you will not be doing young life. We are not an event oriented ministry. 
Who then, and there's a couple logical conclusions, three, four, and five then are kind of logical conclusions of this. Who then become your club recruiters? Does that make sense? So why do kids come? If they're coming because it's social, then who's going to be recruiting students to come to club? Is it you? No. It's the social network. That's who's going to bring people, right? We all know this. Our discipleship students, campaigner kids, we're pushing them to bring club. But sometimes leaders get in their head that I'm the club recruiter. I've got to encourage people to go to club. Some of you heard me say this before. I've never asked a kid to go to club. I mean, we have 150 kids show up at club at Connor. I didn't ask one of them to show up. I didn't drive one of them. I didn't pick one of them up. I didn't arrange transportation for one of them. They came because of the social network, because of students within their social world inviting them and asking them, bringing them. Right? Important to know and remember who the club recruiters are. If it's a social thing, do you make flyers for it? If it's an event, would you make flyers? Well, yeah, that's what people do for events, right? Hey, we're having a big cookout thing at the roller skating rink, and they're roller skating. So what do you do? You make a flyer, right? It's an event. Okay? So you make a flyer, you pass it out. What about a social thing? Does anybody make flyers when 10 kids show up at somebody's house to play Xbox? Does anybody make flyers for kids to just come over and hang out and have pizza? They don't make flyers for that stuff because it's social. Do you guys understand? This is why flyers work against you because it ends up being, oh, here's an event. This is an event thing. Not a social thing. And then how about this? This is important because this is something that I think will hit home a little bit. Their social world, number four, does not stop. There is no breaks for them in social life. It is a continuous thing, Yes. You might be able to make a case that their social world takes a big kind of halt in the summer, right? Because there's no school, they're not connected to things, there's very few school events. Like, their social world takes a little bit of a backseat in the summer. But during the school year, it's nonstop, isn't it? So I have a significant problem with the fact that we stop our social thing. I mean, that's what happens. I mean... Think about this for a second. I know many clubs that stop before Thanksgiving. You're stopping in the middle of November. That's your, your social. Your last social event is the middle of November. And then you don't start back up your social event, your social thing, where, kids, where people come, until March. That's over three months. It's three and a half months. If it's social, if club really is social... What do you think is going to happen to those students in three and a half months? It's going to get out of their mindset. So I want you guys to know, in my head, I've never even dreamed of doing that. It just never really crossed my head. When I was in high school, we started club the second week of school. We ended club the last week of school, unless there were exams that week and we didn't have a club. We started back up the second week of school in January and only stopped if there was exams. I mean, the only time that I can ever remember they're not being club. If we weren't, the rule was if we were in school, you had club. Well, why? And think about why you went. I think about why I went. It was social. Of course, I just it's just what I did. It's why I went. Right? So when I was in high school, that way, 
So I asked some other people around the city, some of the bigger clubs. Okay, Fairfield High School. Okay, you guys know Fairfield High School up north? They're on a club of two to three hundred every week. I don't know if you guys knew that. Okay. They start two weeks in January or two weeks into the school and they just go same schedule I just said. <clears throat> Dublin High School in Columbus. Same thing. They're not taking these huge breaks. And it's not because they're a big club that they can get away with it. Because I know exactly what people think. Oh, well, I can't conflict with, you know, basketball. And I can't conflict with, you know, the play. But it's social. you got to understand this. Like, go ahead and conflict with it. It doesn't matter if the numbers are smaller. That's not, what's that mean? So you get, I mean, right? Do we care about numbers? Is that what we're doing? I mean, everyone says, I don't, you know. Well, if that's true, then do it. You meet with kids. You may, It's social. You show up. You start as soon as you can. I had never dreamed of doing it that way. Okay? And at Connor, we would start as soon as possible. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you continue to go through Christmas break? You know, what I'm saying is, is you stop when school's out. Okay. And then you start back up when school starts. All right. So... You know, but one of the things that we would do is we would meet on Christmas break on Wednesday night, socially. Wow, does that make sense? So, like, you're still even doing stuff socially on the same night. <clears throat> it's a social club. I mean, it sounds kind of silly, but in a lot of senses, it's a social club. And those things meet regularly. Okay? The importance of where. So, where becomes a relevant issue now, too, doesn't it? If it's social, you want to meet where? Socially conducive places. It's just a strategy. It makes sense. All you got to do is find out all you, find out this. After school, where do some students go just to hang out when they got nothing to do? I guarantee they all go to somebody's house. That mom is used to having, you know, you always run into that mom. It's like, oh, the students always come to my house. You know, they always, they always come here and I make them some cookies and they go and they play their, you know, video games, you know, and that kind of stuff, right? But 10 students show up at that house, okay, regularly, possibly even daily. They don't go to a different house every week. They don't say, hey, let's rotate our houses. So we each have a turn to host our social time. <laughs> now, wait a minute. No, they would never do that. They just always go to the same place, don't they? Okay. Same with us. You're looking for the students who have that social network going on to where the, they're used to having people in the house. If there's a party in the school, the person who's having the party, that's generally a good person to have their club at their house. I remember when Highlands was at the Hosses or wherever it was, and they had those huge parties, and like people would come just because it was at the house probably. Yeah, but what if the house could have the parties doesn't have a basement conducive well, sure. I mean, you're you are restricted to certain. I mean, if they don't have a basement or a room. Period. You can't go to their house. Okay. But the obvious the obvious point is find the best possible place, and you're looking for again think in terms of social. Okay. We'll get to question and answer stuff and get to details, but you got to think in terms of social. It's not an event. It's a social thing. Number two thing. It's about people and not program. What makes club good? This is a great example. Please catch this. And here's the thing. You guys need to change this. Almost everybody in this room, I guarantee, thinks like this. If somebody says, how was club? And you say, oh, it wasn't good. 
the skit totally bombed, and the songs were horrible. Nobody sang. And gosh, I mean, the talk it was like I didn't even know if kids were listening to talk. Club was bad. When you evaluate whether club was good or bad, you evaluate it on a program level. You think if the skits go bad and songs go bad, it's a bad club. If those go well, it's a good club. You guys, we got to get out of that mindset because you know who has that mindset now? Your students. You can't hide that. If you think club was bad because program was bad, they'll pick up on that and they'll realize, oh, so the goal of club is to have a good program. This is a great example, ready? I'm, I hope this doesn't pick on Ben Davis at all. Is he here? He's not here. Oh, perfect. Okay. Uh, Did you so hear ben that? takes two, of his, two or three of his main guys, he takes them to Fairfield's club. Remember I told you, two, two, three hundred students, right? So they go up and visit. They go watch this huge club. Okay? Hey, Amy, can you have them like go upstairs? or? Thanks. Um, so two or three hundred kids, they show up, they go to club, right? Now, guess what? They run this huge club, but they don't do a lot of programming stuff. It's a little more like what, you know, probably less less skits than we might do, less character stuff. Okay, maybe they just have characters for run-on and that's it. Maybe a few more songs. So they show up, club is there, it's all these, there's 250, 300 kids there, it's loud and singing and, and you, know, they're, you know, they do their thing. And Ben's driving home with these three guys and he says, so, hey guys, you know, what do you think? You know what they said? They said, our club is better. Our club is way better. Well, why do they think it was better? Program. They thought, our club is funnier. Our club has better program. You know what I had to turn and said to those guys? I don't know what Ben said, but I would have said, I'm laughing in your face right now. There are 250, 300 kids being loved by 50 to 100 campaigner kids loving, welcoming, and participating, hearing the gospel, and you have the audacity to think your club of 70 is better? Are you kidding me? Did you guys see how comical that is? That's like a joke. That's like hilarious that they would even think in their mind, our program is funnier, so our club is better. Something is missing. We're, we're missing the link of what club really is. And your students are missing it too. And it starts with us. Because we might think the same thing. Our club is so much funnier than that. I mean, nobody, you know, you know, it's like, there's, but it's loving anybody. But it's still funny. It's so funny. The, uh, what makes club good? Students loving friends, people feeling welcome, lots of campaigner students bringing lots of friends, campaigner students loading up van fulls of people. Anybody have a campaigner student who brings over five people every week, brings ten people every week? Those are the things that are great. The proclamation is heard, spoken and heard. That's the things that make club good. See, here's the thing. Ready? This is how this has happened. We want to give kids ownership, right? That's the key phrase. Everybody remember that? Oh, we got to give kids ownership. We're doing that. And we think, ready? When I say give kids ownership, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Skits. Everyone skits. All right, you guys already thought, you already thought it. 
I just told you it's not about program, but you have just thought what gives kids ownership? Skit. Stay around skit. You guys, we gotta change this. You gotta change this. Okay? When I was in high school, this is this this happened my senior year. This is what kid ownership is. Okay? When I was in high school, I didn't even know a student could do a skit or be up front. I never even heard I saw a student help with a guitar playing once. But that's all I remember. I didn't remember anything else about that. I had ownership of my club. I remember my senior year, there had been three guys that I'd been working on so hard to come to club. And they had mocked me all year. They were not coming. They were like, Rick, that's gay. We're not coming to club. That's stupid. All year they mocked me. Finally, okay, halfway through the year, I convinced these three guys to come to club. They're like, Rick, you leave us alone. We'll come. Just one time. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. These guys are coming. I'm so pumped. Okay. Ready? At 7 o'clock, an hour before club, I'm, I'm about to go pick them up. I call my leader, Brad Johnson. I said, Brad, I'm bringing three guys tonight. And I've been working on them for a long time. And, he, and I said, you better make club good tonight. It better be good. Because I want these guys to have a good time. Because I've been working on them forever. So you better make it good. He's like, Ricky, I always make it good. You know, yeah. you know Brad. Yeah. Right? So I was like, ready? You guys understand? So I show up with my guys, and I sit in the back, because I would always sit in the back, and I stand in the back, okay? Most of the club would say I stand in the back with these three guys next to me, and I'm singing. I, could, I mean, Brad would show up, okay? And he didn't have an amp for 150 kids. He didn't have a microphone. He just had a guitar by himself. Okay? And it was like, I mean, I don't know if Amy can remember, but we'd get into songs, and you were in the back just singing, and you didn't know if you were even on with the rest of the club. Okay? Because you're just singing along. When you got to the slower songs, you could pick it up. But during the fast songs, it was just kind of like controlled chaos. So we sit back there. That's kid ownership. That is kid ownership. How many of your students would work so hard on somebody, finally get them and say, this better be good tonight. This should be a good one. You guys get what I'm saying? We ask our students to do so much, we tell them ownership is getting up front and doing a skit. And they just miss the point. Completely. And you got kids who don't really own club. They own being funny in front of their friends. I'm not against putting kids up front. Definitely, because they will gain some type of ownership of club. Hey, come to club tonight. I'm doing something really funny. You know, like, they're just whatever. They gain some ownership of club. But, man, you've got to change the mindset. I mean, I always appreciated Ben Wassler in high school when he was a junior and a senior because he constantly said, hey, I don't really want to do that stuff up front. Because other people were like, oh, can I do a skit? Can I be up front? Can I? And Ben would be like, no, I don't want to. I want to be with the guys I'm bringing. I want to sit with them. I want, I mean, that's ownership. He's seeing it correctly. If you run it, they will come. People, not program. Same time every week, okay? There was one thing I remember about club. It was always the same time, same place. Had nothing to do with the program and why we're showing up, okay? Kids surely talk about the program later, but it wasn't why they, we were coming or why we were showing up. And what about McDonald's afterwards? Okay? 
So, McDonald's afterwards. Does that become an important thing or not? Yes. Are you guys picking up on the social aspect? Want to know why what happened? Why you know you're missing the boat in the social and the event thing? If nobody goes to McDonald's afterwards, you're having an event. Does everyone understand? I don't. I wouldn't even dreamed of missing McDonald's afterwards. It was a part of the social time. Does that make sense? It's a part of club. Last, it's not who we are. This is what I would say is most important. Okay? This is where we start to get to principles of, and that we believe. Okay? We found our ministry on relationships, on community. So our goal is to connect into that social network of relationships and community and to bring the gospel into it. That's what we do. This is where things that reminded me of the early church. Because they had, there were all these social networks, right? Just like there is today. People were friends. And the Christians thought, we're going to bring the gospel into the social networks. It's not who we are. We are not program and we are not events. And you got to get out of the mindset. I mean... It's totally, you know, at Connor, we have students who are in, involved in skits or doing characters, and they'd always show up an hour before club to practice. So they didn't have time to practice any other time, to get ready. There wasn't a thought in their mind about bringing friends or really owning club. It was just about how are we going to be funny. I mean, we don't want to get up there and not be funny. That's the really important part here. We can't, we've got to be funny. How many kids are like, all they think about is how are we going to make it funny? And they talk about it all week. Hey, we got to make that funny. Right? Third thing. I'm going to get through these faster here. Club is participation and not watching. Ready? This is the social versus the event. Because in our minds we've started communicating program as being the thing, because we've presented it like this and taught our students like this, now, guess what your students are expecting when they show up? What do they expect? They're expecting to be entertained. Aren't they? They're showing up, and they're, they're like pulling up a chair in the back of the club room. Okay? If they can find a couch, I mean, if you have chairs anywhere near a club room, you know you, kids are going to find it, aren't they? Like I would always, at Connor, I'd hide all the chairs. Okay, we'd have a club at the Michaels, and I'd take all the chairs, and I'd hide them back in the workshop. Because I knew if students found the chairs or the couches, you know, they would pull them out. Okay? Because why? Because they want to pull up a chair. They don't want to participate. They want to sit back and say, okay, entertainment. <coughs> Go ahead. Let's see if it's funny. I'll tell you when we're done. If it's funny. <laughs> hey, how many of you guys have kids all over your club that act just like that? You know it. They're all over. And you know what? That idea and thought is permeating more and more. We promote it by doing what? Okay, we'll make it funny. We'll do a great program. Here we go. We'll try really hard to entertain you. It's what they expect. Don't allow kids to pull up chairs. Don't do that. We're going to get in a couple strategies here in a sec. Let's do it now, too. How can you get them to participate? 
The first thing is this. The world is telling them what? To sit back and watch and be entertained, right? Isn't that just, that's what the world is. Okay? So they're very used to and very comfortable with, oh, this is a thing where I get to be entertained. Okay, so when they first start coming, they're like, what's going on here? Club, okay, do these funny things. Oh, I see. We just sit and watch and I'm supposed to be entertained. So they're very happy to do that. you got to fight it. Okay, that's the first thing on how to get people to participate. you got to know that's going on, and you got to fight against that idea. you got to dream of ways to try to help them not to just watch, but to participate. And obviously we want to do that in ways without making them feel really uncomfortable. Okay? So you, but you got to think that way. Guess who you you got to do? you got to teach it to your students. Right? How many of your students, I guarantee you just go talk to your students who are helping you run club right now, your campaign students. They think that they're supposed to be entertained, the students who show up. That's how they evaluate club. They don't think, oh, the goal is to get them to participate in club. Participation is vital. Participation is social. Watching is event. Does that make sense? Do you guys see that? Participation is social. If it's social, you participate. If you show up at somebody's house for a social thing, everyone's playing cards, what do you do? Play cards. If everyone's, you know, talking about something, you sit around and you talk about whatever they're talking about. If everyone's eating food, you eat food. I mean, that's a social thing. Also, things you can do to help people to participate. Sit more crowded. Okay? If you got a lot of space in your club room, okay, then you need to make it more crowded. Okay? If the kids who are in the back of the room feel like you're like 10 feet from them, they're, not, they're going to be more apt to participate. If they're really spread out and they're way back there and they're like, I can't even read the words from back here. You know, like, are they going to participate? No way. They're going to sit back and go, Hey, so dude, what did you do that? I mean, they're not even going to participate. There's nothing. So you got to squeeze them in there. Get them up close. Other things you can do for participation. Competition type skits. Seniors against juniors. Sophomores against freshmen. You include everybody. You get everybody riled up and you say, Hey, you know, the freshmen, this freshman, I heard a freshman totally put down the seniors and said that they can't do this and that they're going to do this competition. So let's hear it for the freshmen. And you get the freshmen. Yeah, let's hear it for the seniors. You get the seniors. Like, involve the club in the competition stuff. Girls versus boys. Classes versus other classes. You know, whatever you can think of. To have one group against another group, but it's like encompasses the whole club. Mixers. Raffles. Guys, anybody started doing the raffle stuff yet? Okay. Find something stupid. Like, I have extra Young Life t-shirts. Okay. Whenever it comes into the club, you give them a raffle ticket. They're, you can buy a whole giant roll that will last you a whole club year for, you know, ten bucks at Staples. You give them a raffle ticket. Then you have a, you make a big deal out of a raffle. And every kid in the room is holding their number. When you're about to read the number, we got a free t-shirt for everybody. You know, whatever. And you read the number and some kid in the back room is like, that's my number. You know, but the point is everyone's participating. It takes five seconds. But it gets involved, people. It's participation. You guys remember the $5 handshake thing? You guys remember that? What? You ever heard that skit? You just, you give like three or four of your main students $5, and you say, okay, we're going to do this little game. Everybody just go around and meet people, shake their hands, say, hey, how are you doing? My name's so-and-so. You just 
whoever, and guess what? Four people in the room have five dollars. They're going to slip into your hand at some point. Okay? And so you got kids who are like, <laughs> you know, trying to meet everybody. And you got your four kids just waiting for the right student, and then they pop five dollars in there. I got it, five dollars! <laughs> it's stupid. It takes two seconds. But guess what? Everybody does it. Okay? And if you're having trouble getting everyone to participate, do 20s. I'm just telling you, right? If you got a couple guys in the back room, I can use five bucks. I can five bucks in my pocket. Okay? You do 20, and the kid's like, all right, I'll do 20. Participate, okay? Hey, guys. Participation requires another group of people to be heavily involved. Every campaigner student, every discipleship student should understand, listen, every student should understand the principle of participation. Okay? I understood it when I was in high school. I have no idea how. But I'm telling you, no matter whether I could get students to come to club or not, okay, I would sit in the back of the room, okay, and I would stand up during the songs while most of the room sat, and I would get people around me to stand and participate. Okay? I mean, it was like, you, as a student, you got to have your students, you got to teach them that participation is what it's about. Okay? You got to, I mean, it's like, especially you get the right student, right? Okay? I mean, you get the right student who's like, Oh, you know, some students are like, oh, I'm not doing raffle ticket. That's stupid. He's like, dude, you're stupid. Why wouldn't you do that? And he's like, okay, I'll do it. You know, like, you know, because you got to get the students to participation is what it's about. <laughs> From the back, here's what you got to think. Ready? Most of the clubs now, because we're so entertainment program driven, event driven, you know what we think? We think, oh, I just want at least the front half of the room to participate and be into it. We just expect the back of the room to not. That's the wrong thinking. It's a back of the room forward thing. And if it's a major problem, stick more of your campaigner students in the back. I know those sophomore girls are going to be all upset. I've got to sit in the back. I've got to sit in the back. I've got to sit in the front. Well, dude, just try this one time. Take your friends and go sit in the back. Okay, you know, whatever, you know. But get them back there so that they can begin this back to the front, back of the room to the front of the room. Thinking. We'll get to questions in a minute. I was just going to say, if you can, stick a speaker in the back. Sure, that could help. If you feel like kids can't hear, whatever you got to do. But the idea is to get the back of the room participating forward. Last thing on participation, number three. I'm not going to go on this forever. Songs. Okay? Let's be honest. Ready? I'll tell you why your songs don't go well. Your kids don't participate. I might be obvious. But you, you aren't doing a good job of getting participation out of your club when your songs aren't going well. That's what shows it's not going well. Kids are showing up, and they don't want to participate, and they're not participating, right? That's what's happening. And so they don't want to sing. They're not going to sing. I'm not participating in this. I'm not doing this. Songs are... It's one of the only vehicles I can think of that requires participation on everyone's part. It is a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Thailand. Hey guys, listen to this. I gotta tell you this story, okay? So I call I call regional director Rob Crocker, who runs Dublin High School Club, okay? 200, 300 kids, huge club again in Columbus, okay? And I said, I asked him about what they do. And I'm not lying. He said, you know, at some point in the middle of club, we'll do like a participation song. You know, because he, you know, right away, he's like, and I'm thinking, a participation song. Okay? And I'm like, I don't think any of you could even name a participation song, like what that is. Okay? But let me tell you guys, the only one we ever had at Connor that was like that was Hero. Okay? Like, you know, we would sing Hero, and it wasn't like a song we would sing. It was a song everyone would like, no, I'm drunk, and we're going to hang out with my friends and sing this song, right? Okay? Like, that was how they would sing Hero. Listen, okay? I've got to tell you this. He said to me, I said, I said, Rob, what, like, what kind of participation songs are you talking about? Okay? And he said, he said, well, there's this new one called Banana. I don't know what that is. Steve Gardner does it. And I was like, okay. I was like, what else? And he said, at a time like this. And I was just waiting for him to say it. Okay? I'm going to tell you guys how I had a time like this goes in a second. You guys are going to understand what I'm talking about. 250 very cool, athletic kids, the mainstream kids at the school, sitting around doing this song. Okay? It goes like this. At a time like this. And you go, clap, clap. Okay? So it goes, at a time like this. Clap, clap. At a time like this. Clap, clap. At a time like this, clap, oh, and you go, oh, I need the Lord to help me. <laughs> then you add something. You add snapping. At a time like this, clap, clap, snap, snap. At a time like this, clap, snap, snap. At a time like this, clap, snap, oh, I need the Lord to help me. I'm not kidding. Ready? Next one, our leader used to do this. At a time like this, clap, clap, snap, snap. At a time like this, clap, clap, snap, snap, woo, woo. At a time like this, clap, snap, woo. Oh, I need the Lord to help me. That's a song. <laughs> Two hundred, I mean, are you guys getting the understanding here? Okay. Now, I don't think anyone in this room, you cannot say to Rob, Oh, you can't do that song. That's gay. Kids won't do that. <laughs> Can you say that? They'll never come to club if you do songs like that. You <laughs> don't know what you're doing, Rob. You're an idiot. <laughs> Can you say that? No. No way. No. No. You guys, participation. Okay? And I have to tell you guys, I'm the first one that's like, oh gosh, I can't do that song. And people kind of know I hate hand motions. I'm like an anti-hand motion guy, you know. They used to do the, in campaigners, hand motions things, and I was like, don't do that. Okay? The principle, though, is this. It's not about, I'm not introducing at a time like this into our club song, because if you did it, you might cause, you know, some serious problems at your club if you introduce it right away. I have another version, too. What? I have another version. I'm sure it's a nice church camping version. Okay, now listen. Alright. But what I am saying is this. Please hear this. You got got, we got to get out of the mindset that songs are the enemy. Bad songs and bad singing is the result of bad participation. Therefore, the answer is not less songs. The answer is creating better participation. 
And I'm not anti the club schedule now. When I ask all the staff to send me what their club schedule is like, most of them look like ours. Some type of mixer, two songs, some type of interrupter, one to two songs, some type of skit, two songs, talk. Pretty typical schedule. When I was in high school, yeah, we did nine songs. Now we do more like six. So I'm not saying do more songs. But what I am saying is stop thinking songs suck. Your kids are going to pick up on it right away anyway. You've got to help get your kids and teach. You've got to work on ways to get people to participate. It's <coughs> participation. Club is participation, not watching. Make that happen. Next thing. Club is supposed to be fun, not funny. The aura that you are creating there, the atmosphere that you want is fun. Okay? I mean, my Young Life leader was as big... I mean, honestly, when I was in high school, I knew he acted like a dork. Okay? But he'd stand up there with a the guitar, and everybody would be like talking, hey, you know, you know, and all of a sudden you hear me going, hey, here we go! Ba, 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 and he'd just be doing this with his guitar. <laughs> up and down, you know, just singing out. And you're going, uh, you know, whatever, it's fun, you know, we're just here having fun. It was just fun. That was the point. It was an aura that everyone in the room understood. Which, ready? Your clubs, our clubs are losing this. It's important. Hear this again. I believe our clubs are losing the aura of fun. <coughs> Kids don't show up and just think, why are you here at club? Just to have fun. Just hang out. I'm here to have fun. Just here to, to have fun. The aura is changing to, oh, I'm here to see something funny. I'm, I'm wanting to be entertained again. That's where we're back to. You guys, if you try to compete with Saturday Night Live, you try to compete with the world and its funniness, you will lose. Guess what? You're going to just compete with yourself. You're going to have a funny club. It's so funny. I can't wait till next week. And you're going to go, oh my gosh, next week. Got to be funnier than this. And, ne and so next week you're like, oh, I got to be funny. And if it's not as funny as the week before, you're like, that stunk because it wasn't as funny as last week. It's a, you can't win. And that's not what we're meant to be doing. We're not Saturday Night Live. We're not supposed to be competing with the world to see who is funniest and most entertaining. Get out of your mind. Stop thinking that way. Laughing at yourself is most highly included in this. Because the biggest reason why people think you... Because you think you mess up when you're not funny... Because your students think things aren't good when they're not funny, they can't laugh at themselves. The kid stands up and says, okay, and then he says a joke and no one laughs and he goes, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> or the skit's going on and it's not funny and the kid's like, no, crap, no one's laughing at the skit. And they're not, no one's laughing at themselves. No one, see, if you're having fun, it's like, oh my gosh, did you see that that was so stupid? You know, like, that was just the stupidest thing I've ever seen. That wasn't even funny at all. But you're laughing about it. You guys understand the difference? you got to stop. Let go of the pressure. Let go of it. Stop trying to be funny. It's okay. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people give club talks and they evaluate how good their club talk was on how many times people laughed. Are you kidding me? 
Let it go. Stop trying to think, i got to come up with the greatest story to tell in the beginning. Not the Jesus stuff, but a really good, funny story so <laughs> kids really laugh. Oh, they laughed really hard when I told that one story. That was must be a really great talk that I gave. Let it go. Let go of the effort to be the funniest thing. And just have fun. Program characters. You guys, you're competing with summer camp. I can see it all the time. I mean, at points, and this is where we're just over-programmed. We have characters to sell announcements and skits. So it's possible between two skits, a run-on, and announcements, you might have four characters come in. Of two or three each. So you got all these characters, okay? And you're like, and people are not following it all, and if they're not funny, it's stupid, and you guys deprogram this stuff. Let go of the characters. You don't even, kids don't even remember that stuff. Okay, you remember some of the run-ons maybe, but you guys, the stuff that's the other stuff, stop stressing out about the cell and just make the skit fun. Stop stressing out about making it funny and just have fun. I mean, the, the, I am, and I, at Connor, would do this all the time, I would introduce a skit by telling what I would call a Blevy story back then. Mike Blevins was the principal at Connor. And I didn't know Mike Blevins at all, but I just pretended to the students like I knew Mike so well that I called him Blevy. That was my nickname for him. And so I just stand up and I, start, I, I think half the students probably thought I really knew you know, the principal really well. So I'd stand up and I'd say, you know, we're doing, say, Karate Gun Gorilla. You know, that stupid mixer. And I'd say, hey, you guys aren't going to believe this. This is, this is the whole cell. No characters, no music, nothing. Stop playing guitar. I said, hey, listen, you guys aren't going to believe this. Yesterday, I was working out at the high school. You know, I was there pretty late. It was like 6 o'clock, and everyone was gone. And I was, I was walking through the school, and I, I look around the corner, and kind of this dark area of the hallway, there's this guy, and he's going, ah! Ooh. He's doing these things, and I was like, what is that guy doing? You know, and I start getting closer. I was like, oh, it's Blevy. It's my friend Blevy. So I come up and I'd be like, Blevy, what are you doing? And he'd be like, oh, I'm practicing these moves. And he's like, I've got to teach the students how to do these things because if they knew how to do them, they, if the whole school would change. It'd be awesome. And he said, Rick, you know students, right? I was like, yeah, Blevy, I know students. Teach them for me, man. Teach them. Please help me. And I was like, all right, Blevy, I'll do it. Okay? I'll do it. Plug them on. He's like, Rick, thanks, man. That's awesome. So I got to show you guys how to do this because Blevy, you guys get it? You guys see how long that was? I just made that up just now. Oh, I'm just saying. Like, hey, guys, let me tell you this, why, why that's important. How much time and thought do you give to that amount of time in club that I just did? You got costumes, you got people trying to figure out how they're going to sell it, how we're going to make it funny, what are we going to do? You got students thinking about it days beforehand. Let go of this stuff. Okay? We got to start taking the program level back a couple notches. Because you know what else is happening because of this? You know what else I see in you guys? It's killing you. Isn't it? Ready? How many people do I talk to in this room 
who love running club. You know how often I hear leaders say, man, I hate the club season. It's so hard. It's like stress every week and just, what are they talking about? They're talking about this. It's so hard to be entertaining. It's so hard to run an event every week. If what you were doing was social and that's how you saw it, I, I don't feel that stress. I'm just happy to hang out with students. I remember, I have leaders on my team. They're like, it was horrible. I was like, don't worry about it. Who cares? We're just here. We're just having fun. Guys, it, it's going to kill you. And of course, you're not going to run club. You're going to be happy to not run club in January and February. Because you want the break. Because it's so stressful. I'm asking you guys to let it go. I don't care, and I'm not telling you to do this, but I don't care if you run six songs, a stupid skit, three songs in a talk. I don't care. I really don't. I would much rather have you show up and have fun than to kill yourself over things that don't matter in the end anyway. It doesn't even matter in the end. We've already established what reaches kids, what brings them back. It's not that it was so funny. It's that they had friends there, that it was social. So foster the socialness of it. Put your mind into this mindset of like creating a social thing. And have fun. Don't stress out trying to be fun. Number five, club is proclamation, not moral. What I mean by that is this. Number one, it's verbal. <coughs> I've had parents who have said, oh, it's so great that you're running that Young Life thing. It's so great that students can get out and, and do something that where they're not out you know, partying and getting drunk. You know, it's for them, club is like so great because it's moral. It fills a moral role. Like we're just making good kids. But that's not what we do. I hope you guys know this. I hope you guys don't forget this. This is important. Club is about the proclamation. This is what it leads to and this is what we're doing. It's Romans 10. How can they know if they're not told? We tell the story. And we're doing everything we can to get good. This is why, like, you guys know if you were part of Connor or know stuff, like, we would have Monday nights here at my house. Right? And that was great. Very social. Everyone, anyone who's been on Monday night, when it was, was Monday nights at Connor, was that a social thing? Oh, yeah, it was just hanging out. I'd buy tons of food. 50, 60 students would show up. We'd just hang out. It was social. But it wasn't club. And it was lacking something huge. And not something little, but something huge. There was no proclamation happening then. There was no verbal proclamation on my part or anyone's part other than maybe within the context of relationships. But proclamation was not happening as far as the event or the, the time together. How important is it, this proclamation piece of what we do? The number two, welcome or here. Would kids... Would you rather students feel welcome and loved, which is vitally important, or rather them hear, really hear the message, not hear like shut it off, but it sinks in and hits them. It's about hearing. I mean, I want you guys to understand this. The ultimate 
purpose. The bottom line thing going on here, that forever and ever and ever, as long as I'm a part of Young Life and people want to run club, that I will never ever let go of. You can not, if you can have kids show up for a social thing and there's no songs, no skits or whatever, and you can still do proclamation and there's more kids coming to that than there would be if you did something else, I'm for it. Everybody hear what I said? Now, Connor, we get 100 kids at club on Wednesday night, only 50 or 60 come to my house. The point is this. The proclamation piece is the ultimate purpose and the most important thing. You want to know another reason, and I've said this, and I, but I mean this very, very sincerely. You know why I don't want to ever stop running club during the school year? You know why I don't want to take a three and a half month break? Because I want another chance to talk about Jesus. And don't mock that or throw that off to the side. Don't you dare. Don't you dare throw that off as, oh, well, you know, yeah, we all want to talk about Jesus, but that's just not a big... No, that is a big deal. I don't care if you're going to have 30 students there instead of 60. You get another chance to talk about Jesus? Uh, that's a big deal. That is important. It is the... It's very important. Well, gosh, I don't know. How would I do, you know, 30, 35 clubs a year? How would I do that many t club talks? I wouldn't know what to talk about. Well, I hope you don't I mean, I would never... I mean, talk about Jesus. There's your answer. You know, that's an easy answer, right? Tell the cross talk. You don't have to do, you know... Well, that means I have to do 20 person of Christ talks until I lead up to the cross talk. You don't have to do that. That's a sacred cow. No one told you to do that. If you want to do sin and cross every other week for... A whole, I'm okay with that. Just talk about Jesus. That's what I care about. Okay? And don't talk about social Jesus. Talk about Jesus, the Savior. Does everyone get what I'm saying? You're not going to run out of things to talk about. And when you do, go back to the beginning and just say it again. That's what we do. We put the Word out there so that it does its mighty work. You are an agent, a vessel. Right? That's the point. I don't ever want to stop running club because I don't want to. I don't want to not get a chance to talk again, to tell the story. Man, this should be our driving force. Don't throw that off. Club is discipleship, not just outreach. Obviously, outreach happens because we're doing proclamation, but it's also discipleship. The whole machine is affected. Do you guys understand? If Young Life was a machine, the tool itself. And what I mean by that, if the whole machine, Young Life was a machine, campaigners, discipleship, club, camp, contact work, you know, leader hangouts, student hangouts, like if all, you look at all that as a machine, Bible studies, these things are interwoven and all affect each other. If you don't run club, or you don't give club the right principles and do it well, guess what else is going to be affected? the other parts of the machine. Don't be naive to think, oh, we can run great campaigners and great Bible studies, but our club sucks. I don't think so. It's going to affect each other. All the pieces affect each other. Here's an easy example of that. Um, how hard is it to do camp cell when you haven't run, aren't running club? Uh, it's kind of hard, isn't it? Ask anybody right now who's not running club yet how well their camp cell is going. And they'll be like... Uh, I see 10 kids a week at campaigners. I don't know. 
I guess we don't really have anything going. Can't sell. Of course not. You never run a club. You never have a social thing that is going on regularly that kids are at that you can give the cell for your camp. It's all interwoven. It affects each other. Two, it's community. You're teaching your students to do exactly what ministry is. Love God and then love each other. Your discipleship students loving each other and then turning their backs towards each other to love everyone who's coming around. What makes students come back? They feel welcome and loved. I mean, that's it, right? I mean, I'm just telling you right now, if a student shows up at club and the program is hilarious and they'd split a gut laughing, but they didn't feel welcome or loved, that student is not coming back. If a student shows up and the program is horrible, and they're like, oh, that was gay. But they felt welcome and loved by the people who were there. That student's coming back. You've got to teach that to your students. That's it. That's the thing. That's discipleship. That's us, them understanding what real evangelism and loving each other, loving others is about. you got to teach it, you got to show it, and how you act. How busy are you before club, after club? you got any time to talk to students, love them, feel, help them feel welcome? And you should be the model for walking around club before club, finding every student who's new, not been there before. Hey, I just want you to know, my name's Rick, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming. Oh, you're no problem, dude. You know, that's it. But I'm telling you, it makes a big difference. you got to teach it to your students. Don't ever think that you're using students to get them to help make club better. Because who is the greatest benefactor of being in ministry? Who? The minister. The minister, the person who is ministering. That's why God calls you to be a vessel. That's why you call students to be vessels. In one sense, it looks like you're using them to make club good, to make kids feel welcome, to bring friends. But you are not. I hope your intention is that they see Jesus because they are participating in the work of the kingdom. And you're demanding it from them. You're saying, you guys got to be a part of this. This is what life is about. Connecting with God's work here on earth. You've got to connect to this. And you demand it from the students around you. I hope students who went through Connor always felt that from me. And a lot of times they might have misinterpreted that, that communication or how I was acting as, you know, oh, Rick just wants us to get a lot of kids to come to club. Or Rick just wants us to get a lot of kids to come to camp. I'm okay with that if... I hope that they don't think that. And I would try not to help them think that if I could talk to them. And I would share my heart and say, oh no, it has nothing to do with that. I just want you to be changed. I want you to get to be a part of this thing. It's awesome. God will change you. But don't throw that out because you're afraid that students will think, oh, all he cares about is us bringing kids and all he cares about is us doing God's work. Whatever. That's true. I would say, yeah, that's true. That's all I care about. Discipleship. Last thing, strategic, not chaos. Club has a battle plan to it. 
It is not this just thrown together thing. My leader was great at doing this. Students would come. Again, we didn't come into music or anything like that. Okay, We're all just standing around. And all of a sudden, he'd take this kind of chaos that was going on of socialness. He starts singing songs. And they're always fast. And he's going crazy. By the time we got to the sixth song, he had everyone sitting down and everyone really starting to move in their attention and their thoughts and they're right towards the front. That's purposeful. You know, we start off with faster songs and move to slow songs on purpose. We've completely lost this idea that we're trying to tap in to the social networks that are already there. You're not creating these social networks. They're there. You tap in and then you say, okay, hey, everybody, let's try to focus this way. It's the, a plan and a strategy. In your, within your plan, it's great to delegate. Okay? And I'm, I'm, again, saying this with the right mindset. I've had students do lots of things up front. Delegating is great. Okay? Asking your students to run and run on characters is great. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay? And it's good for you to delegate because you don't want to be the one, oh, i got to show up every week with everything in place. But ready? here's the first rule of delegation. It will never be done the way that you would do it. Did you guys know that? If you ask a student to do something, or even a co-leader, whatever they do, I promise it won't be what you would have done. So let it go. Just delegate it. Besides, we don't care about the program anyway. So when a leader is straight, it wasn't funny, Rick. I'm sorry, man. I just totally screwed it's okay. Kids have fun. That's what we're doing. You had fun. That's the point. So delegate stuff within the strategy, within your strategy. But you got to teach the idea that it's not program, right, to your students. I tried to communicate to Connor. If you are a student and you want to be up front, you got to understand this one principle. And I would say you have got to understand that it's not about being up front. And I would do everything I could to try to get them to understand and lift up. Hey, I'm lifting up the people who bring people and sit with them and see. I remember saying this at Connor often. I want you to see being up front as a nuisance. So I'm teaching that to students. I want you to see it as something that's like, oh, do I have to do something up front? Because then I can't sit with my friends. Then it's hard for me to bring people. Do I really need to do it up front? Because I really want to be out there participating. That's the mindset you're trying to teach. Respect. You gotta demand respect. And I know some of you guys are younger, but cell phone stuff, you gotta you gotta step up. Okay? And I'm just telling you right now, whoever the team leader is, you gotta especially step up in this category too. Because you gotta be the one to step up and say, Hey, don't disrespect me or the other leader who's about to stand up and talk by being on your cell phone or texting while she talks or while he talks. You just got to say it. Stand up. And here's the thing. No one doesn't come back because of that. Okay? I've done club talks and had kids heckle me a little bit while I'm giving the club talk. You know, a kid says something, you're like, ah, that's funny, you know, and you try to do something to get past it or whatever. Okay? And I've had a kid do that a couple times in mobile club talk. And they're always kids you know because they don't feel comfortable to heckle unless they kind of know you, right? After the club talk, you know what I do? I find a kid. I say, hey, listen, don't do that again. 
it makes it really hard. It's really disrespectful to me, and it's hard for me to communicate what I think is a really important thing. Do you think what I'm talking about is important? Sure, yeah, it's important. You know, okay, so you know, try not to interrupt and distract people from that. Okay. Now, do you think that that kid, especially if I do it lovingly, he's never come back again? No. Of course he can. They always come back. I've done that several times. The kid always comes back. If anything, he feels almost loved by me that I would even take the time to give him some attention. And the reason he came in the first place was because of friends and social network anyway, and that didn't change, so he's coming back. Does he say something the next week? No. Of course not. You guys got to demand that. If you got a kid who's on the phone or texting all the time, pull him aside afterwards and be like, dude, stop doing that. They're in the talk, especially. Right? The talk is the really important part. If you got guys who sit in the back of the room who don't participate in club and you're friends with them, I know sometimes guys show up you're not friends with them at all. But you got guys in the back of the room who don't participate who you're friends with, they don't sing songs, talk to them about it. Pull them aside. Say, hey, look, guys, are you too afraid what people think about you to sing songs? Is that the problem? No, I just don't like to sing. Well, I don't believe that. I think everyone really likes to sing. Do you sing in the shower or sing by yourself in the car and your favorite song comes on? Well, you know, or, uh, you know right? Do you just sing? Who cares? You know, it's just participate. We want you to participate. That's why you're here. No kid's going to hate you for wanting them to participate. Now, let me say this in respect to changing these things. Because students are showing up with a mindset to be entertained, do you think that they are going to have issue with some of this stuff? I, I can just tell you right now, if you make shifts, just hear me on this, if you're making a shift away from program, be ready for some kids to give you crap about it. Dude, where's the funny stuff? I want to be entertained. I mean, they'll literally say that. And you're going to be like, man, we don't want you to be entertained. We just want you to participate. Oh, I don't want to participate. I'm not coming. Okay, sorry. You don't have to come, dude. It's all right. So you might run into some stuff. But make the shift. Start making the shift. First clubs ever. Reading about the early church was awesome. And this is where the numbers thing gets really squirrely. You know, it's like the early church, church in China now, these times where these the greatest growth in the number of people coming to Christ, percentage-wise, no 200 people clubs. I'm not against 200 people being there. I, 2 Peter 1, or 2 Peter 3, where God says, you know, hey, I'm holding off my wrath so as many as possible be saved. Dude, I have the same heart. Okay? I want as many as possible kids to be at club to hear about Jesus as possible. There's three, 300 kids is better than 200 kids. 100 kids is better than 50. That's fine, because we want more kids to hear, right? But don't misunderstand how God moves. Ready? God moves socially, not in events. That's how He moves. You see it in the early... They were met in people's homes... They'd have 20 or 30 people gather in homes, right, in the early church, and they'd sing and talk about Jesus. And people would come and check it out. Sound familiar? That's what was going on. 
obviously they couldn't have a hundred people together. They wouldn't fit in the house, and they'd probably all get in trouble or arrested, or be there were you know issues with that. But they could have twenty or thirty. They get away with that a lot. Just because, and again, I'm all for numbers, but don't get caught up in that. I've done club at Connor for years and years and years, and I don't see any more substantial something happening the years we ran clubs of 150 compared to the years that we ran clubs of 60. I, in fact, I can barely even remember when, what, which years was what. Don't get caught up in that stuff and understand that the idea is not is about the movement of God within a social network. Okay? Last thing is this. Is there anything better? And that to me is a big question. Where I kept coming back to and you thinking, you know what? There's nothing better. Until someone shows me a way to connect to a social network within the high school, with the ability to give proclamation that reaches more students and has a more fruitful impact of disciples, this is it. Because this is what we do, and I would challenge you to say, there's nothing better than this. This is an awesome tool. Let's get out of our minds, you know, this kind of club kills me kind of thing, and embrace it with joy the idea of connecting to the social network that the kids have. These social networks have already been built and you're just connecting to God's work with it. Alright, let's do some questions. How much time we have? For an answer. <laughs> that sucks. Peter, we're just going to do a couple minutes of this. So, um... I'm I'm interested. Uh, how should should we, should we run club even if we don't have 30 people at club now? No. What I would encourage you guys is still the same principle. If you have club of less than 30 30 students and you consistently run that, okay, it's going to be hard for you to create or to manage the exciting atmosphere you're looking for in club. Okay, it's going to be hard to create the fun situation. Now, what I would say is this. Don't not get together. Okay? I mean, there's in the club book, if 20 students show up when you're trying to run club, run over the mountain. I mean, you have more kids excited about over the mountain than, than club. Because it was so fun. And you guys got to get, get this out of your head. Okay? We think, oh, 100 kids good, 20 kids bad. We got to get that out of our head. Okay? Because 20 kids are going to show up. And dude, the kids in the room don't know that. Is everyone hear what I'm saying? You don't realize, okay? I mean, some kids kind of get a better picture, but very few students, if they've not been to much Young Life stuff, will show up to something where there's 20 students and say, oh, no one was there. 20 students is a lot of students to be hanging out in one place. You know, like they just don't think that way. We think that way. So let go of that stuff. So, yes, run club, okay? If it's not happening and you get... 20 students three weeks in a row, yeah, pull your campaigner students aside and say, hey, we're not going to do this until we have a stronger campaigners and feel like we can get more students to come to the club. Does that kind of answer the question? Yeah. Zach? What about like the no school, no club aspect? Like, I don't, There's no school, don't run, run club. That's how I have always operated. But you know what I found out in Colorado Springs? They run club in the summer. 
Whoa. Isn't that crazy? But you know what? It's a social thing. That would be kind of cool. I'm not, I'm not like, school's canceled, but Yeah, I mean, school's canceled, don't run club. You can't. Your parents would be angry at you because school cancels, you have to cancel. So, Maria's question is great so that I can help encourage this again. I would say go slow and move it in that direction. Don't show up, do six songs, and one of them is at a time like this. <laughs> like, don't do that, okay? Take club and start making the changes. Here's the first thing that could probably go. All the characters. Man, just trash all the characters except for the run-on. And even then, make it simple. My gosh, just let it be something easy. Okay? Just do whatever you, they saw at camp in the summer. Kids are always into whatever they saw at summer camp and mimicking it. So let them just do that. Does that make sense? Like, just begin to pull back. And I would say take steps. And a lot of it is is all of us communicating differently about club. The way we speak of it to the students needs to change. Man, club was horrible last night. No, it wasn't. It was great. There were like 40 kids there. Everybody felt welcome and loved and had a great time. No, dude, I mean the skit was horrible. No, who cares? That's not what club's about. Does that make sense? We need to have those conversations with students. Okay, a couple more. Anybody else? Yeah, John. I was going to ask about um, driving kids. I mean, like I know Holy Cross is a little bit different where we have kids in Boone County and all over. And all over. And, I mean, we feel really run down when we have to pick up and deliver home kids. And, yes. And there's tons of kids that we uh, have that have no means of anything. Like yeah. Our parents don't even drive. Yeah. Um, it's, and here's the thing. It's a a cycle thing that if you've started driving students, becoming the club recruiter, you've gotten yourself into a cycle that's hard to get out. Does that make sense? Because kids are expecting it. But here's my encouragement. Just do your best to reverse course as slow as you can. Your goal is to get to a point of you shouldn't be driving anybody to the club. I would encourage you don't do that. Maybe take a kid home from McDonald's. Okay? But here's the thing I would challenge you guys just to think about this. Okay? If a kid really wants to get to club, I bet they can get there. Does that make sense? Like, I'm just telling you, I've had students call or try to get rides, and somehow they found a ride and they got there. Does that make sense? And if you get back to that mindset, that will help you, and you won't be killing yourself with driving kids around. Just, it's a social thing. you got to help it be a social thing, not a, an event thing where I'm the youth guy, and I come pick you up, and I take you to this thing. Okay. Now, I'm not against it happening. Okay. I'm not saying don't do it ever. Or Certainly taking kids home happens sometimes because you got kids stuck at McDonald's, can't get home, you take them home. Okay. But what I am saying is you got to try to reverse course on that mindset because what will happen is the only kids who come to the club are the ones you drive. Your five leaders run around, pick up four kids each, five kids each, and there's 30 of you sitting in the room. They're the only ones there because that's kind of what they think club is. They're supposed to be, you know, brought by the leader. So try to slowly, you know, because you can't just, hey, everybody, I'm picking up next, you know what I mean? Like, but you can try to reverse course on that. Try to encourage, hey, you know, can you get another ride this week? See if that works, you know, and then hopefully they'll get there. Christine. Mine's like the same thing. Like, okay. since St. Henry doesn't have club, I've got like three girls and like every now, every like week it seems like they bring someone new, which is mm -hmm. awesome. And I pick them up. I mean, there are girls that club is in Fort Mitchell and I have to, take, I have to go to Walton yeah. 
go back to Walton. Well, before you go any farther, your situation is different. Yeah, you, that's it's not your own club. So right. pick up the girls, and then form relationships. And so then. Yeah, absolutely. Right. No okay. question. Yeah, step. Something I remember is, um, and if I remember it, it was obviously something good, but Rick would always encourage us, like, after we sang a song, we would just say, like, that was, you guys did really good. That sounded really good. And I would just be like, I wonder if it really sounded good. <laughs> and now he was just like, now I know, but I was always was like, hmm, I wonder if he sounded really good. <laughs> you guys, being positive about the songs, asking people to participate, you know, that, and affirming that when it happens. And I'll certainly stand up there. I mean, stand up there with the guitar. Whoever your guitar player's got to get out of your comfort zones. There's a big difference between being a good guitar player and a good song leader. Radical difference. You can be horrible on the guitar, but be a great guitar, be a great song leader. And it's like, come on, guys, sing. This is, you know, whatever. Just let it go. Stop being so, whatever. Just sing. And you just get this, you just try to create a fun, relaxed atmosphere. Okay, one more, two more. Corey. Um. I don't know. Ours was kind of like a weird situation, like to where we're going to attend to our club, but we have no key students. Like, we have no, like, so it's like, it's going to be really leader run. Like, is that going to, is when that bad to where, like, I mean, obviously we're going to be sitting throughout club and right. participating and things like this, but it's like, I don't know, how do we eventually make that? When you say leader run, do you mean the things like from up front, no, or do you no mean. Okay, as far hey guys, I grew up in a club environment where leaders were the only people who did stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's another thing to go away from. Stop having all the students do everything up front. Have some leaders do it. Stop, okay, just tell the students, oh, I want to do skits. Why? That's not owning club. That's not what a club's about. And you just start pulling back from that and let the leaders do stuff up front, okay? And get the students to think, oh, I need to own club. I need to bring people. I need to try to get, talk to people about Jesus. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Is that it? Anybody else? One more? Okay. Hey, let me pray. Um, and uh, you can t- grab me and we can talk more about this later if you want. See you at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs>